welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dolman. Today, we are once again joined by Scott Stevens, James City County's County Administrator. Welcome, Scott. Well, hey, Renee, you say this week. For me, it's been weeks. I have a lot to cover today. It has been a while. I think we've had the Omicron variant and busy, busy, busy times. So, but we are here now, and that is what matters. So, I'm like you said, you, that. you have a lot to cover. So, I'm going to let you take it away. All right. And, and feel free to interrupt if, or tell me to slow down or whatever else I might need to do. I always appreciate your guidance on those kind of things. Of course. Um, you know, I will say it's 2022. I mean, how in the world did that happen? I guess Happy New Year is a little belated now, but uh, uh, it seems like it is moving along. It's been a very busy time. And for those that love winter, for me, you've had a really good winter. I'm, I'm hope we're through it by now. You know, a couple of snow events, uh, weekends are really nice for me when it snows. Uh, and I've enjoyed that, but that's almost enough snow for Scott. So we'll see what the rest of the February and March timeframe brings. Uh, I do want to begin by recognizing our new board chair. Our board does elect new or considers a new chair each year. And so they did that at a meeting in January and they elected John McGlennon as their chair and Sue Sadler would continue as their vice chair. So just want to acknowledge them and look forward to working with them. I've always enjoyed working with our board, but certainly the chair and I have a little more interaction uh, week to week uh, than maybe some other members. Um, but also, you mentioned COVID and Omicron, and you know maybe we're on the downslope of that. I'm very hopeful. We've spent a lot of time in the uh, December and January timeframe monitoring cases within our workforce. Uh, and I blanked out. The screen went away, Renee. It's back. So sorry okay. about that. So, uh, and I will tell you, from the county side, as you hear in the community or you hear across the state or the nation, uh, things within our county workforce are equally challenging in terms of, you want to start over? No, let's keep going. Let's just roll with it. Technology. Uh, the Omicron cases are really up in the county's workforce. And I will tell you, we had 40-some uh, from August to December. And then in December alone, we had 50-some. So the numbers are really increasing within our workforce. Uh, fortunately, the symptoms seem to be milder within those that we we're, we're no, you know, have personal knowledge of. Uh, but I would just tell all of us to keep be aware, be vigilant, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, all those things that we've said throughout this time but it really does seem to have been a big deal in the December and January timeframe for us too. Uh, as I mentioned, the peaks seem to be coming down. I hate to get too far ahead because it's still on the down slope, but as we listen nationally and what's going on in other countries, it appears it has a really quick surge, which we've experienced, and then an equally quick decline in the number of cases, which we seem to be experiencing, and I'm very hopeful that'll be the case so that we have a calmer spring, so time will tell on that. Um, I want to mention staffing county uh, side, you know, I commend our staff. They have been uh, done a tremendous amount in terms of providing service to the community uh, pre-COVID, but also during COVID when it's been uh, additional stressors on them in terms of safety and how to do things and changing regulations and requirements. And I would just continue to ask patience and understanding from the community. Uh, there are some areas where we're having some service disruptions or changes um, the COVID cases have not helped that because folks sometimes have to quarantine, but our vacancies that have lingered on for a long period of time in many departments continue to create additional work for the staff that's here, and we are to a point where I, I do worry about our staff fatigue, and so I've, I've tried to encourage our staff where we could cut back services, let me know, make, help me understand so that I can share with you 
uh, and trying to make sure that we're still here long term. And some of the areas that I know have had some impacts, building permits, kinds of things. We've got some planners that are out. Uh, we've had convenience center closures. Uh, the Toana Convenience Center has been closed for most closed for most of the last two months. We're hopeful to have it reopen in February, at least on a limited basis, reduce hours at our Toana Convenience Center, but it really is related to staffing. And so um, those things I expect are not a short-term solution in terms of filling the slots, but we are working on increasing pay and doing things, recruitment and retention that we hope will make that better for us as we go forward in time. And so it's not an issue just here. I do talk to other uh, localities. Many of us are having similar problems as well as the private sector that you hear about folks in the service industry and not having enough. So we're experiencing some of that too. So again, patience and understanding I would appreciate. And I do apologize again for any inconvenience. In terms of our Board of Supervisors meeting, um, normally I spend a little more time in each meeting, but I want to recap at least uh, what's happened since October at a very high level. So I would encourage anybody that has an interest, something that tripped their mind, they could look at our website or call me. I'd be happy to talk in detail about anything that occurred during the board meetings and in particular any of these that I mentioned. Um, but a number for me, 253-6603. Again, 253-6603. We'll ring into my office and I'm happy to answer questions and certainly a lot of information on our website. So October 12th, I think the big news there is the Board of Supervisors approved a cable franchise with another provider. Chantel uh, is bringing a, their Glow Fiber product to James City County. They're, they're working and have been working really hard since the approval of the cable franchise and there's always at least a misconception with some that we have this exclusive relationship with Cox Communication. That is not the case. While I'm delighted that Cox is here and serves our community, they do not have a monopoly or an exclusive contract uh, and cable franchise with James City County and now we do have another cable franchise provider and we have very limited uh, ability to control what they do but I'm really excited about Chantel and they're coming to be uh, in many cases competition for Cox and to be a newer product uh, and I hope that will provide our residents some choice and some higher internet speeds where those are really important to them. October 26th, uh, we do recognize retirees at our board of supervisors meeting. We had two that had a tremendous amount of service with James City County. Uh, Carrie Lee had 31 years with us, so that's a long time to spend with an organization. And then Rosemary Randall had 49 years. And again, uh, that is a tremendous long time. So I do want to congratulate and commend both of those back in the fall is when they retired, uh, but I haven't had a chance to really recognize their service and just wanted to say thank you to each of them and recognize that. Uh, we discussed this American Rescue Plan Act funding uh, that most localities have received across the state. Uh, we discussed at least our funding plan with the board October 26th. I'll come back again. We discussed it in November, so I'll mention again the approval there. We also, the Board of Supervisors approved the 2045 Comprehensive Plan Update, and it's a that's been a process that our planning staff has been part of for almost two years, so that was a really big deal to get to that final approval, and I do want to thank our staff, community members, and our board for all, and planning commission members for all their work uh, going through that. That process. It really does guide future development within the community and is very important in terms of developers looking where they could go and what kind of expectation they might have in working with James City County. Uh, November 9th, our board approved the creation of the Historic Triangle Recreation Facility Authority. You'll hear more of that as we go forward in time, but this authority is a new governmental entity comprised of James City, York County, and the City of Williamsburg. Their respective boards have approved the formation of this authority as well, and this authority's purpose will be to oversee the discussion and possible construction of the sports complex that's been discussed several times this past year in the news to really build a 12 basketball court facility uh, that would be used to you know, recruit sports tourism events. And it could be anything you play on a court, whether it's volleyball, wrestling, pickleball, all those things, but trying to increase our tourism uh, offerings here and bring more people into the community, support our tourism economy. 
And then also uh, equally important for James City County is we need more gym space for our, for our residents and our children here and, and the club teams and things that go on week to week. Uh, we need more gym space and the need is very apparent. And so this facility, if built, would provide that needed space for our residents from Monday to Thursday uh, with the intent of having most weekends but with some kind of tournament play bringing people into the community. So more to come on that but the creation of that November 19th our board of supervisors did approve. November 23rd our board had their annual meeting with our state representatives and talk about legislative priorities. They received an update on the preschool needs assessment or at least the final report there that's really a big deal with the school system. Uh, they received the results of our waste collection and consolidation study, which I will talk more about in a few minutes, and they approved the American Rescue Plan funding plan that I mentioned they had discussed in October. They approved it in a November 23rd meeting with one caveat that we come out and hold some public meetings to just make sure we've had that offering with the public and receive public input that way. So we are working towards a date for that. I think will be sometime in early April, and we'll mention that, I think, later in my notes here. December 3rd, they held a joint meeting with the um, Williamsburg-James City County School Board and the City of Williamsburg. And the big thing was really to review, review the school system's uh, capital improvements projects request for next year. Uh, the big part that came out of that was an agreement to fund and build pre-K space for students, really trying to remove some of the crowding within the elementary schools, different concepts on how we should do it, but a 20 plus million dollar project uh, to provide more space for our elementary schools by removing pre-K classes from the elementary school space. So more to come on that, but it's nice to have that moving forward. December 14th, our board approved an agreement with York and Gloucester to upgrade our radio tower equipment that we equipment that we use for emergency communications, as well as other staff-related, work-related communications. But we own the radio tower system along with York County and Gloucester that was put in place over 15 years ago. And so we're just doing end-of-life cycle replacement of equipment. Uh, it's about a $5 million project to James City County, our proportionate share, uh, and over a five-year term. And so I think that's pretty significant, mostly behind the scenes, but it ensures that our staff can communicate with one another and respond to the community's needs when there's something the community's called on us for. They also approved a special use permit for the Hazelwood Farms Village Center. There was a lot of public interest and a lot of public discussion about that. Uh, we spent a couple hours at their December 14th meeting discussing that particular uh, special use permit. Uh, but again, in the end, it did approve, the board did approve that, that SUP. Again, they had, had their organizational meeting January 3rd where they elected the new chair and vice chair January 11th. Held eight public hearings, uh, so that's quite a few, but there was not a whole lot of community interest in those public hearings. Um, uh, they did also approve nine firefighter positions, which is a really big deal. That's about a $600,000 expenditure for the county, but we have really good data that shows it will reduce the overtime by almost an equal amount. So it's fairly cost neutral for the county and will relieve some of the stress that I've talked about that we've got our staff members under. When we have a shortage or a vacancy uh, within the fire service, we can't not staff the truck. So we, we call somebody in and not normally we do voluntary overtime for the past year plus we have really had a lot of mandatory overtime meaning you didn't have a choice you had to come back to work. And we do have our staff there that I think sort of fatigued uh, and that they're still doing it we're still there, but these additional nine positions have allowed us to hire now 11 because we had some vacancies 11 firefighters that just came on board in February and should be some of those uh, back on the apparatus or in the firehouse pretty early, like in the coming month. And then the other half of them will go through the, the uh, fire academy and be available uh, in early fall. So look forward to, to improving our staffing levels there and appreciate and thank our board of supervisors for approving those nine firefighter positions. Uh, January 25th, uh, board of supervisor meeting. And I'm getting close to the end, Renee. I'm you are. Me, so I appreciate that. Um, 
well, they received our facilities master plan final report. We've been working on that of what the county buildings should look like. We started with a space needs analysis that was completed in uh, 2020 that led into this facilities master planning process of what might you do at each building. And it does address all county facilities. And there'll be a lot more discussion about that. But again, a very high overview. We do have the final report. The board received that and it will guide some of our future decisions. Uh, we also talked about uh, was James City County was required to go to an $11 per hour minimum wage. That's a state requirement effective this January of 22. And effective January of 23, we have to go to $12. And so we did talk with our board of supervisors about accelerating that of which they agreed. So we now have our minimum pay will be $12 an hour for county employees. And that didn't solve all the issues when McDonald's and other places are paying $15 an hour. We're competing with them for a lot of that same labor. And so we've still got to talk about staffing, but at least we're moving in the right direction with our pay and being competitive within the region. And so uh, that will allow us to continue to provide exceptional services to our community. They also had our FY21 annual report. So we go back and summarize what occurred during our fiscal year 21, which was July 1st of 20 through June 30th of 21. Uh, and so that report was given to the board. They heard an update on our natural and cultural resources plan, uh, which is under development through our community development staff. And we've hired a consultant to carry us through that, identifying uh, parcels within the community that are significant and asking for community input on places that might be significant to them so that we ought to have what is significant for historical and other reasons, but also what's of interest to our community members. So some public input coming on that. Well, yeah. and let me, if I could interrupt for just one second, yeah. give you a chance to breathe also, because I'm worried about you. Um, but we will have podcasts, at least one, probably two podcasts on that plan and give people lots of opportunities to participate. So that's great. Well, it really is just identifying what's going on here. And I think it will, will guide our direction in future decisions. And so I think it really is a good effort. And what the consultant presented the other night was a really good overview of where we are and what, what will come of it. So I would encourage our residents to participate if they have an interest in that and are able to. Uh, the board also approved three park uh, master plans in Upper County Park, our Ward Hill Complex, and our James City County Recreation Center site. So if you have an interest, those maps were presented or they're available online, uh, but that does guide sort of our future use within the parks and was developed or were developed using public input and our staff to sort of guide where we might go in the future with our parks. And then we did hold a pre-budget discussion just to have the, the board's input on sort of where we are currently and then what's upcoming in terms of our FY23-24 budget. So in addition to um, their regular meetings, that's all of our past meetings. So we've got our regular meetings in February um, and early March. And then in addition to those three meetings that will occur, the board has tentatively scheduled a meeting for March 12th to have a retreat where they will have a, a half day or, or more session together to talk about some other things that are future looking. And so uh, our board has been busy the past several months. They'll continue to be busy in the coming months. Uh, and as always, we're happy to share with, with the community what's going on and make sure you understand what's being discussed and decisions are being made. So anything on meetings you think I should have mentioned beyond that, Renee, or is that more than enough? That was a lot. I am actually very impressed. I think that was probably a world speed record to be able to get through all of those meetings, summarizing the top points. I think you did a great job. Well, time will tell, but I certainly want the community to know what's going on without giving them, losing them, right? So yeah, we'll right. see. Right. Um, I do want to circle back to our American Rescue Plan funding projects and just remind the community, James City County is receiving $14.8 It's the federal money that is moving through related to COVID relief. We received $7.4 in the spring of 21. We anticipate receiving another $7.4 in the spring of this year. 
Um, last summer, I requested departments to give me give me your list. What do you think we should fund that is unusual or hadn't been able to be funded in years past? Uh, they came up with uh, requests totaling $36 million, so more than our 14.8 that we had received, and I had around 31 projects. Uh, we discussed with the Board of Supervisors, I mentioned October and November, and the board really approved going forward with 21 of 34 requests. Um, and so we are moving forward with that. Of that, there's about $4 million of the 15 or 14.8 million. I've got about 4 million projects that are moving forward rather quickly. The balance of about 10 million or a little more than 10 million, I'm holding until we hold some public meetings, which I believe uh, we are talking about that being April, make sure I make up my dates right, April 5th, um, where we'll hold a community meeting and go in more detail about our opera funded projects and make sure the community doesn't have any different direction. And so I'm holding the bulk of the funding until we get through that meeting. Um, and just categories, I've really broken into six categories just to have an idea of where the money's headed. But those 21 projects that are funded uh, into six categories, one being affordable housing, and we've put about 1.4 million towards affordable housing uh, initiatives. I say community, really business and nonprofit grants of about a million dollars total. Support positions, because with all the this additional funding with additional work, um, and then one area within our social services department, we had three positions over a three-year period that total close to a million dollars by the time you get through that time frame. We've accelerated some of our capital improvement projects, uh, those that totaling almost 8.5 million. So there were projects we've talked about, we felt were a need for the community. This accelerates them, which would free up future opportunities as other things develop. And then we talked about some new projects that weren't part of our CIP. Uh, so building reinforcement, our phone system, our satellite office renovation, they total about 1.4 million. And then we had tourism related support uh, for projects, really events, landscaping, uh, the Ambler's House, uh, purchase of bathroom stages, some other things that would support events that go on here. And then we've had some interest in, a, in an outside group with a restaurant on one of our county facilities, and we would support it with parking and stormwater improvements where somebody else may build a restaurant. So that's totaling about 1.6 million. So six broad categories, more discussion on that April 5th, and we'll be publicizing that community meeting uh, in the weeks to come so that we can make sure the community is aware of that. Um, our marina project is uh, something that's been ongoing for almost a couple years now. It should have finished uh, the spring, uh, summer of 21. Uh, we've, the contractor had some delays and some other issues. We are uh, sort of finalizing that and the contractor appears to be finishing. I think it will still be an excellent product when we get done. And my hope is February, March timeframe, we will have that project wrapped up and our marina and boat ramp and boat slips back open to the public for use. And again, I think you'll be very pleased with separation of, again, the kayak and canoes from where the motorboats are. They both go into a separate area where they really be a little calmer coming in and out and spread them out. And I hope be safer and more enjoyable for both those in the smaller craft and those in the larger craft. So exciting project for us, a little behind schedule, but I'm optimistic it'll wrap up in the coming months and by springtime we'll be able to enjoy the full benefit of that project well and you could argue that it's the perfect time to open so people aren't going to have to see it and think oh the water's too cold we can't go in it that's the perfect. optimistic side renee i like there that very much so that's exactly right so again it is progressing and then i mentioned the historic time triangle recreation facilities authority again we held our first meeting so it is a new governmental entity it's held its first meeting january 12th Again, we're talking about building a facility that would attract tourists here, sports events, and be used for our community during the week. Uh, the authority decided that they would conduct their meetings uh, the second Wednesday of each month at three o'clock. 
Uh, we currently are meeting, meeting at the Striker Center, and depending on what kind of following, we may move the meeting around if, if, if there's an interest in that, or we may continue at the Striker Center. But we'll be at the Striker Center for the months to come. Uh, we did, there's been enough discussion and news, uh, I guess, presentations to the various boards from the city to York County to James City County. There's been a number of articles in the paper over the past year that we had two well-known firms submit proposals on what they would see. So some unsolicited proposals that the authority will be evaluating and determine, do we accept those or do we do something on our own? And so more to come on that, but I think it really does provide an exciting opportunity. Uh, and I think it will be something that serves us well. Um, my commitment to our board of supervisors, while we've joined the authority and formed it, uh, we still would have a way to participate financially or not. And at this point, James City County is not financially committed to the authority. My expectation is based on the studies that have been done, we will likely want to participate, but we still have a future decision point on that. And so sometime this spring, we will likely come back to the board of supervisors and have that discussion. So uh, again, a good project for us, but not we haven't got the final outcome or decision of that. I mentioned the solid waste collection study, um, the idea that James City County might get into the garbage business of collecting residential garbage. Um, we already do recycling through a contractor. We could do, uh, there was an idea from our board, we've talked about it a number, many years ago, and then again recently, that they thought it might be less expensive for our community. And, and I think the study shows that it would be somewhat less expensive um, uh, for probably more services at a little bit less cost, uh, what really fell out to me, the, the public comment was some very much pro, some very much against the county being into this service. Uh, people are, that currently pay for the service through a private contractor, and there are a number of those in James City County, have a very high satisfaction level with their current provider. So we would have a very high bar to meet if we get in it. We, we wouldn't want to provide less than very high service. Um, two, of the, or two or three of the big advantages that stuck out to me if we get in beyond it being somewhat less expensive, meaning if you're paying 30 or 32 a month, it's probably 25. So it's some money, uh, but it's not half, it's not a quarter, uh, but somewhat less expensive. Uh, the big advantage is probably, or this, we have fewer trucks on the road. Right now we have a number of providers, they all have trucks. Uh, the thing that surprised me in the study is the estimates is they travel about 6,000 miles a week because they travel some of the same roads. If we had one provider doing it, there's somewhere less than, well, just above 2,000 miles a week. So you reduce the truck miles traveled each week in our community by a lot. So that was a benefit I really hadn't thought about, but I think that's significant and worth discussing. The other comment that was made during the study, there are most of us have a single provider who, if we put our carts out on Monday, all of our carts are picked up on Monday, and by Monday night, we're all rolling them back. There are some parts of our community where we have two or three providers, meaning they may pick up garbage on Monday and then they have another can out on Wednesday and maybe another can out on Thursday because the providers have different schedules. So I do think there are some benefits of a consolidated waste collection program. Still more discussion to come, both with our board and with the community uh, before we would make any final decision. And to implement it is still years away. To move forward with it would still take a lot of planning and time and effort to make sure that we would pull that off the right way. So I don't want to tell you that we are moving that direction. We are still having some conversation. We will involve the community. Uh, and there are some pros and cons with either getting into the business or not. And so we want to make sure we've had that, that public discussion and uh, before we make a final determination. Um, final couple of things I would talk about really relate to budget. Uh, the first is we are doing or completed our real estate assessments. Uh, we will be sending notices out to the community uh, for our residential and commercial properties in late February, early March. Uh, as I think most would expect, property values have increased. So that's 
a good news in a lot of respects. Um, if the tax rate stays the same, that means many of us would pay more in property taxes. And for most, that's not a good news piece. So just want to sort of give you that warning, that not warning, that notice that they're coming in terms of the new uh, values, uh, late February, early March. Uh, in terms of our FY23 budget process, uh, staff has been working on it for several months. I'm now more involved as the county administrator level and working on sort of putting the budget together with my proposed budget due to be out at the end of March. Uh, we would roll that into this April 5th community meeting that I talked about with the ARPA funding. We would also have that at community budget meeting. So combine those two together. Uh, with the idea of the Board of uh, Supervisors would hold a public hearing April 12th, and the expectation the board would consider adoption of the FY23 budget, 23-24 budget on May 10th. So again, a couple opportunities for public involvement. Uh, certainly, if you have questions, I would always be happy to uh, entertain those as we go along. I gave my number earlier, but it's still 253-6603. Uh, that rings here in my office, and I'm happy to talk with anyone that has questions about the county budget or otherwise. Uh, and Renee, I think that's enough for today. There are a number of things on this list that I will circle back with in the months to come. Uh, there'll be progress, there'll be updates, and there'll be some decisions as we go forward in time. But I think that at least catches us up from uh, where we were before. Well, and if February to May goes as fast as November to the first week of February, it's just going to be here before we know it. And then we'll be on to summer things. That's it's right. Doesn't show any signs of slowing down, Renee. No. It's just <laughs> right. So uh, winter's here for those that enjoy winter. You have another month or so. And uh, for those that enjoy spring, it's not that far away. So that's right. Well, and I have to say, I haven't enjoyed our two snow weekends because it's much better for the continuity of government operations. Things are normally closed on the weekends. And so we don't have to do a lot of work with that. And everybody can hopefully stay inside and enjoy it from their warm houses. Well, that's right. You know, from selfish side of uh, working with the county and trying to make the decision for our uh, residents and our employees of whether they come to work and we're open for services, it's, to your point, it's nice when that's a weekend. And then for the community as a whole, most people can have a little more relaxed Saturday and Sunday in the snow, hopefully fit right into that and didn't disrupt too many plans otherwise. So uh, we'll see if we have any more in store, but. Well, for me, I've had my fill. If we get some more, we'll work through it. But uh, but I've enjoyed the two we've had as well. All right. Anything else you want to cover? Um, I think that's enough. You know, Ray, Renee, I appreciate the opportunity and pulling us back together and poking to get us here. And uh, like I said, we're, we're here to share and serve. And if those in the community need us, either one of us are happy to, to help and respond. So absolutely the conversation well and i promise you it will not be this long of a stretch you will not have to do three months worth of summaries ever again <laughs> i will tell renee that's right all right well thanks again scott well as always thank you so much for tuning in to this week in james city county for more information you can go to our website we're at jamescitycountyva.gov podcast and while there you'll be able to find all of our episodes as well as show notes, um, a form that you can complete, give us feedback. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much, and we will talk with you next time. Mm -hmm.